Premier League outspent La Liga, Bundesliga, Serie A, and League One during the summer transfer window after Manchester United and Chelsea continued to wave their checkbooks to sign new players. By contrast, as one of the clubs with the deepest pockets, Manchester City were more restrained in spending, but their move of signing Holland seems to be working the best. Welcome back to CGTN Sports Talk. I am Li Xiang, and I'm glad to be joined by my colleague Josh here. Great to be back. Hey, I know Premier League has based literally the the deepest pockets among all five leagues, but I never expect them to spend almost the sum of the other four leagues. Yeah, it's and not only that, but it isn't simply that they've spent a lot. Mm-hmm. It seems like they've kind of spent a little haphazardly, a little wildly. Like you see Chelsea going right oh, yeah. until the yeah. very, very last moments, make mm-hmm. any big moves. Like a lot of the decisions, you're looking at it, thinking like, okay, certain teams need certain types of players, but the players that've been bought by a lot of these teams almost seem like they've been purchased just to make sure nobody else has them. Oh yeah, kind of a weird scenario this year. A lot of, you know, perhaps I'm reading too much into it, but a lot of these, because they seem so haphazard, it seems a little bit like they're fueled by resentment. And for example, we'll we'll get to it, but with Newcastle, I feel like they got Alexander Isaac Mm -hmm. simply because he is the next big thing, not because they need him right now. If that makes sense. Wow. So it's a future investment. Yeah, right. I mean, that's how he's been a lot in La Liga Sociedad. He was very much a case of, you know, he performed well uh, two seasons ago. He was okay last season. But even between that and the national team, there's so much talk of him being like, you know, he's a solid centre forward, but he's still very young. He's going to develop. It seems like they've got him now on the basis of, well, if he does develop, we have him. But if he develops for someone else, we want to rob them of that opportunity. So... I don't know if they're intending to build around Isaac, mm-hmm. but I feel like they've got him simply because his name was the one talked about the most. Oh yeah, and maybe this is what they call like beating your opponent even outside of the field. I buy what you want, so mm-hmm. you won't get him. And I want, Precisely. yeah, and yeah. I want to say that remember when uh, what we were talking about when Newcastle were first purchased by the uh, Saudi Arabic group. We said, like, mm-hmm. they may yeah. go through several years before they can be really attractive to star players. Do you think yeah. Isaac will be their first purchase? Like, they can show the world, we have money, and we have at least promising young men who are willing to join us. So if you're a accomplished guy already, you're also welcome to join us. It's like a message to the world. Yeah, definitely, because he is in the position with Sociedad where it's like, well, he's not really going to win La Liga. Mm-hmm. That's kind of a stepping stone club. He wants to have somewhere big. So either he can, for example, let's say he goes to Chelsea. Let's say he goes to Manchester City. He ends up on the bench. Probably. He doesn't start every game. Yeah. But a team like Newcastle, who are building, who are open, who want a young, exciting player like this, this is the perfect place for him because you have both the step up in terms of league mm-hmm. you have the massive transfer fee of 60 million plus yeah um and also it's putting him on a pedestal pedestal and saying well now you can prove yourself so it is a case of 
they bought a big player. It's they bought a player who they think can be big and wants to prove he can be. So, you know, in that first game he had against Liverpool, he was absolutely fantastic. He got a great goal. The team ultimately lost. But it still shows that, let's say, next season, the year after, they are now a legitimate, at the moment, I'd say aiming to be mid-table team. Mm -hmm. However, that's a stepping stone to become a top-table team. So I think this is a very smart signing, not just for them going forward, but like I say, nullifying the quote-unquote Isaac threat perhaps that another team could have had if they would have taken him away. Yeah, I think they have learned from the lessons of PSG and Man City. Instead of just overpaying players who are supposedly stars but not really, mm -hmm. they're now looking at the future and at least it's a very good first mm -hmm. step on the correct path. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So, what about Man City? Uh, I I usually think City will be always there whenever a star player was available. At least they will be there, you know, trying to raise the price. But this year, it seemed like they were not so passionate about transfer market after signing uh, Holland. Yeah, but the thing is, I mean. Based on how he's been so far, mm. I don't really think they need anyone else at all. That's you know, true. Two I hat remember tricks. before he got to the Premier League because because it's one of those things where it's one of those things where the amount of money now in the league mm -hmm. it was basically a case of is he going to Real Madrid? Is he going to Chelsea? Is he going to Barcelona? There's nowhere else he could have gone. Yeah. And when the talk started with Manchester City, because remember his father played there, mm -hmm. it was the Champions League game against Dortmund a few seasons ago, where afterwards he was seen like smiling and joking with Phil Foden. Everyone kind of knew that was where he was going to go. The one thing that they've never really had is an out-and-out centre-forward. And the question's always been like, well, it's one thing being sensational in the Bundesliga, Premier League's a totally different thing. It's one thing being a definite goal scorer but we've seen how that hasn't always worked in the past you know Ibra went to Barcelona it didn't really pan out with Pep as a, as a manager mm -hmm. so they've got um, Haaland in and there was a lot of questions and isn't even the case of he answered them yeah. he's definitively answered them his performances from the very beginning mm -hmm. have been remarkable oh, that's true. that hat trick against Forest the other day in 25 minutes phenomenal stuff um, on the opening day his goal his celebration it really felt as if, you know, not even the case of, oh, he has to acclimatize to the league, acclimatize to the team, whatever. He is here, he's hit the ground running, and he's made what is basically the best team in the league so much stronger in a way that nobody even anticipated. Like, consider how many players City have let go. Oh, that's true. And it, it hasn't made any difference whatsoever. It doesn't seem like he's missing, they're missing at all when those players, uh, like Raheem Sterling, for example, like Gabriel Jesus, They've gone to these other teams and immediately made an impact. You would assume that would be missing from City just in general. And it's like they were never there. It's it's really remarkable how how well Haaland has fit in. You know, you would assume the team was almost built around him rather than him being an addition that wasn't even there five games ago. Mm -hmm. It's almost like the case of Robert Lewandowski with Bayern Munich. And do you think mm. Haaland will be maybe it's not correct to say he's the last piece, but is he going to fix probably the biggest shortcoming of City? Because that's what they have been lacking. A finisher who can do the job of scoring maybe without too much help from his teammates. Is he the ultimate answer to uh, City? Right. That, that's it, because it's the one thing it's felt like they've 
not been lacking because you know they do win the league pretty mm, much all the time. That's true. But the reason, but for example, if you look at last season where there was a point in it that came down to the final day, you are kind of thinking to yourself, well, if they had a more out and out classical striker, not classical, very newfangled striker, but very clinical in front of goal. Mm-hmm. If they had someone like that, it would probably give them an edge. Bigger would, than one point. Like, Make, make the gap bigger, put them a bit further ahead. The issue really is that anytime it comes around to the new signings of City is what's going to happen in the Champions League. And I think that they are assuming if they are more aggressive mm-hmm. in the Champions League, that will be the thing that takes them over the hump. However, the issue has never been the team because it's been Pep ever since 2005. Oh, yeah. So I almost think that on one hand, they've given themselves something that will make them more lethal in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. But with the Champions League, I'm still not entirely convinced until we get into the group stages, get into the knockouts, and see if Pep has finally learned self-confidence, finally learned that he doesn't have to overthink the minutia of every oh, situation yeah. because it's that which I don't think any player can fix. Yeah, that's true. And the top stage always matters much more than the others. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you were mentioning Chelsea at the beginning because they wait, they, they literally exploited every minute of this window and continue to sign people until the last hour. The thing is, they made so many, so many signs. Three of the top four were backs. That's yeah. you, That doesn't that doesn't happen that often. Is it because they lost no, so many but- starting backs or? Yeah, well, I think it isn't just a case of that, but I think it's more a case of that's what Tuchel likes to do. So oh. When you think about when he came into Chelsea, yeah, his main thing that you could see that made them different from the Lampard side mm. is he solid, solid, solidified the defense, made it four at the back, you know, made sure that basically even if they weren't scoring goals, they weren't shipping them either. True. And I think that this is a side which has generally struggled with getting goals. You think about they brought Lukaku, didn't really work. Mm. Timo Werner didn't really work. Um, when they brought in Giroud, it didn't really work. No. Like, they are pretty famous. Like, you have to think, like, Drogba, Didier Drogba was just like a once-in-a-lifetime talent. Yeah. That, that has become kind of like, you just assume Chelsea get great strikers, Chelsea score a lot of goals because of him. Mm. But for a long time, they've kind of been struggling with that. So bringing in guys like uh, Kulubali and Wesley Fofana is really intended to solidify the back. However, like we were saying, it was like super last minute getting that deal with Aubameyang from Barcelona. Oh yeah, that's a good it's one. It's like they must have like they must have known that they always needed someone to put goals in. And they obviously aren't trusting Kai Havertz. They know that Sterling is you know, great up front, but he's more of like, I would say, a distracting presence. He is he's threatening, but he's very profligate in front of goal. Mm-hmm. They don't have someone who's kind of like out and out who you can imagine getting 10, 15 goals a season. But getting Aubameyang right at the very, very end, it really feels like a desperate move of just like, well, who was available? Yeah. Because Aubameyang was very vocal, saying that now Lewandowski's come to Bayern, he kind of knows he's not going to starting every week I don't know what he's been doing in these past few games of La Liga I haven't really been paying too much attention but the way he wanted to leave made it seem like well he was just there and then almost because he was the last item on the shelf 
they got him and I don't know if that's going to work because when they go out of their way for Lukaku and it doesn't pay off mm. go out of their way for Werner and it doesn't pay off no. you know I, I, I almost feel like it's we're looking at another season of a lot of cheeky 1-0 wins could be scraping draws because now they've got this great got this great back line but they don't really have anyone up front supporting goals and Mm-hmm. The thing is, um, I'm not saying uh, Raheem Sterling is not a good player. He is. But so far, his performance mm-hmm. in Chelsea has not been as astonishing as Holland or other new strikers like Isaac. Mm-hmm. But the whole Chelsea situation today reminded me of the old Chelsea when they won the Champions League. Because they, they were not mm-hmm. old, but they were more like a blonde stick instead of a really sharp dagger yeah. or something. But the thing is, in the Champions League, what matters more than scoring, maybe, is that first, you don't allow goals. And as the game goes on, there will be chances. And there will be chances for players who are not maybe the best strikers, but who are fast enough to grab it when the chance finally comes. Well, that's it. If you consider the Champions League final that they won against um, Manchester Man City. Manchester City and Bayern before I mean, that, I yeah. I think you're the more... The more well, yeah, 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 but I'm thinking the more recent one, mm-hmm. you know, um, it was Kai Havertz who got that winning goal. Yeah. It was only one goal, and they didn't need anything else because their back line was so solid that uh, City couldn't get through. Mm. But Havertz's goal was just, okay, we just keep taking chances, keep taking chances, and eventually he, he got past Edison and, and scored. So I think that is right in the sense of that is their, their goal. It's just a case of, if you keep making the chances but you can't finish them because you don't have a, a solid striker mm-hmm. well where do you go in the, in the Premier League you need three points week in week out to compete with the top four that's true I don't know if this is a sign of Chelsea being like okay well we completely understand City are at the very top Liverpool are after them then we can compete with the Spurs we can compete with an Arsenal they're kind of settling for third or fourth place mm-hmm so we go to the Champions Leagues by becoming the defending champions. Well, that's a long shot. Just forget I said that. Mm. That's a long shot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think yeah. the biggest topic of Man United has finally come. The mm-hmm. Anthony deal, is he really worth ni- 95 million euros? I, I'm not saying he's not a good player, but that's a lot of money. Yeah. I think on one hand... It goes back to what we were saying earlier about if they get Anthony, no one else can have Anthony, so True. they're going to pay for him, to make sure he's on their team. Yeah. Also, with the way we've seen like wage inflation, with City paying a hundred million for Jack Grealish, mm. the money PSG are putting out there to keep Mbappe, suddenly now agents know well we can ask for more, especially from a team as openly and outwardly desperate as Manchester United, who oh, are basically yeah. saying, we need all the players we can get. Mm. You know, I I've, I've, I think it was uh, Gary Neville on Sky Sports was like, well, if I'm coming to this team, why wouldn't I just say, add an extra zero to the contract, add an extra 10 million to the contract, because I know mm. you need me more than I need you. And I think that's what's happened with Anthony, with Casemiro. Both of them have come in. Both of them are, I think, very, very important to this team mm-hmm. particularly with what Ten Hag wants to do Oh yeah. but again with Anthony as, as we're talking about him, like for example with Casemiro he's won five Champions Leagues, you know he is very solid, he's very good at what he does Yeah. Um, playing alongside Rafa Varane for example that's going to be very very helpful mm-hmm. 
but the thing with um, Anthony is again we talked about this massive paycheck like say 95 million euros mm -hmm. he's coming from Ajax it's just a lot of pedigree but he's only young he's like 21 22 yeah. he's a great player but they are expecting him I think to be the next generation of player hmm. which I think goes along with what I said when we were talking about the Liverpool game that they had where everything is on Alanga, everything is on Sancho, these very young players. True. Which is kind of what Ten Hag is used to playing with and like playing with at Ajax. Mm -hmm. I get the feeling that that is what he's going to want to do, of just basically bolster the wings, because that's where they like to play. So you get these young, pacey players. And if this is just the kind of player he needs, play he liked from these days in the Eredivisie, yeah. well, United are going to pay for it, because they're in no position not to. So... I almost suspect that this fee may be like an albatross around Anthony's neck. Of if he doesn't perform to the top, top, top highest standard immediately, like Haaland has done across the across the city, across Manchester, we might get a lot of bad talk about him. Oh yeah. However, I feel like in the lo in the long run, at least in terms of Ten Hag's tenure, I think he's exactly what that team needs. Mm -hmm. I have a little theory after uh, Anthony's arrivals and uh, Lisandro and also Casemiro, because people kept mm -hmm. saying uh, Ronaldo, despite his recent attitude, professionalism, and performance, he was the best performing guy last season at United. Mm -hmm. He saved the team. Was it possible that his arrival made the team pivot toward him, so they have to take the ball away from yeah. the midfielders? And now, finally, the club realized maybe it's not the best solution. So now they have to solidify their midfield, which is more like the waist of a guy. So they don't have to rely on their striker, namely Ronaldo, too much to put the team back to the correct path. I mean, yeah, that was the thing which I think we talked about quite a lot last year, which mm -hmm. is, yes, he was their best player, but it's one of those things where his goals were keeping the team alive. Yeah. But the team was struggling because it had to play to him. Exactly. You know, every every week it was coming up showing how good Bruno Fernandes was before Ronaldo arrived. Mm -hmm. And the reason why is that, well, I guess less ball time. He has to play a bit deeper. That's not where he wants to go. It's not where his success was. They had Edinson Cavani, whose whole intention was to be almost the Ronaldo figure in the sense of bring him on with half an hour left, oh. stick him up front, yeah. get him service, and he'll bang the goals in. But then when Ronaldo comes in, you can't just put him on for the last half hour. He has to play the whole game. Mm -hmm. So you have to spend the whole game going up the wings, crossing the ball in. He's Ronaldo's never going to track back. Suddenly your midfield is more exposed because there's less bodies there. So it is very much a thing where while you have him at the top of his game, you know exactly how good he can be, but only if you play to his weight. The same thing happened to Juventus with... Know, Paolo Dybala, yeah, that's true. The next big thing, yeah. But now he has to play slightly further wide to cross the ball in, so everything can go through Ronaldo. And I do get the feeling with how Ten Hag hasn't been starting Ronaldo, has been benching him, has been using him as like a super sub almost in the last half hour, last 15 minutes. I get the feeling that the balance of power has slightly shifted now away from the superstar player mm -hmm. to the manager who can get the team out of the doldrums. And I am quite surprised that Ronaldo hasn't gone somewhere else because he must know from those first few games 
he's no longer the privileged guy. The yeah. I think so much for today. Thank you for listening. Hopefully, we'll be hearing from you guys very soon next week. See ya. See you then.